Well, good day, everybody. Pastor Tim Carscatton here again. Christian Center Shreveport doing our daily podcast. It's the week of Hanukkah, Festival of Lights, Feast of Dedication, whatever you want to call it. And we are bringing the prophetic significance of this feast. And today we're going to talk about the war for our innocence, for the purity that we need to fight for in this day. Thanksgiving. That's our message, really, going into this season. The Lord gave us that word about the spirit of Thanksgiving, and we've been sharing that in our house. So welcome. It's Tuesday. It's the fifth day of December 2023. So glad you're with us. I pray you're being blessed today and enjoyed our podcast yesterday as we started laying the foundation for this week as we come up to this feast at the end of the week and celebrate. We'll be celebrating ours on Sunday. Uh, even though it'll be already two days into it, but it just meets, it helps us because it meets our schedule uh, as far as our regular services being on Sunday. So we are thankful for you guys that you are partnering with us, ladies and gentlemen. I got to change that term, guys, uh, uh, referring to women. They, you are ladies. So we want to call you what you are. <laughs> and I just want to uh, honor the Lord in this feast today. And yesterday we brought about the need for the warfare that we're in. We need to understand this is a warfare season. And one of the original battles in the beginning that the Maccabees fought for was the purity or the innocence of its people. Because this Greek mindset, the Hellenization, the Jewish called Hellenist, who were adapting their lifestyles to the Greek lifestyle and introducing false gods and lifestyles. As we said yesterday, the Greeks were into their bodies and into the flesh. I mean, they really were a fleshly people, uh, everything that could please the flesh that they were into. And we realized that that was the battle. And these Maccabees, a small little army of people, Jewish people, recognized that they needed to fight this fight. If they didn't, this was going to take over the whole movement, the whole movement of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the land of Israel. And remember, it's pretty much isolated there uh, worldwide. And so the the saving grace that they were given by the Lord to fight this fight was to save the faith. And I think it held it until Christ came, because the Hellenistic Jews were, were starting to rise up again in the time of Christ. The priestly roles, Caiaphas, the high priest, was an appointment of the Roman Empire, which is the Greek-Roman culture, same thing, almost identical. And he wasn't the true high priest, uh, lineage-wise. We can, I don't have time to get into that study, but he was in a political appointment. And, and that's what happens in the church when you walk away from 
the faith and walk away from God directing everything is you will move into a political spirit and everything will be so structured by the natural mind or the spirit of the age that it will blind you to the reality of who God is. And so yesterday we uh, finished uh, when we talked about the eight days, obviously, which is the beauty of the the, the menorah burned for eight days. They had enough oil for one, supernaturally burned. They fought for those eight days and overthrew that army, the Greek army, and God was restored to his temple. At that time, the temple was the presence, represented the presence, uh, because Christ had not come yet. So eight is an eternal number. It's, uh, it's the in the eye of the Lord. So his oil and his miracle of Hanukkah never ends until the kingdoms of this world becomes the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ. And then it goes into another realm. Now, let's move into the innocence portion I want to release uh, prophetically because I think we've lost our innocence. Um, I remember studying when I was in the medical field about puberty and nursing school when I was there, and we did a lot of preparing to work with adolescents. And it's interesting at that time, that would have been back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, 90s. Yeah, I was in school back in the 90s. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that the studies would show was that puberty, rates as far as children reaching puberty was younger in urban areas versus rural areas, which is unusual. And and the reason was that the urban areas had more stimulation, uh, media, uh, you know, sexual deviance, uh, all sorts of things that were going on. They were being introduced at an earlier age. The abortion movement, uh, Admittedly, I've, I, we had a testimony of a, a lady who was in the abortion movement, uh, admitted that they wanted to introduce sex at a younger age, sex education to children, because they knew it would activate them hormonally, and of course they'd get pregnant and they could have abortions and make money. It was a money-making scheme. Uh, actually, that's what was their motive. But anyway, uh, and the rural areas tend to be more being in nature, the farms, you know, uh, not around uh, that type of media stimulation. Well, now that's changed. Now you got, you know, shows about the Amish and other things about sexual deviancy among those type of groups. You have uh, the media is available to even in the rural areas. So now you're starting to see these puberty numbers, I'm sure, go down. Where it used to be maybe you reached puberty 14, 15 years old. Now they're reaching it 10, 11 years old. You know, things like that. That's happening now. And uh, that's not the way that God designed us. Uh, Song of Songs says, don't awaken love before it's time. So to me, the spirit of the age wants to awaken it, get us into sexual deviancy. Where did that come from? Well, it's part of the Greek-Roman mindset. Uh, during, During the time, some 2,200 years ago, the Greeks said that no one shall marry a virgin. That was their law. So if you wanted to get married as a male, you would bring your wife-to-be to a Greek leader. He would rape her so that she would no longer be a virgin. And the Greek system is in the culture so much so that most of us, most in society, were not virgins when we got married. That's, that's the common thread throughout all of us, believers and unbelievers. How rare is it to see a, a couple marry in purity, even in the Christian community? We fall prey to the same issue that this holiday is about. We've lost our innocence. We've got to fight for it again. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I was at a youth camp, and we had a speaker from 
California. He worked on the campus at UCLA. And uh, he was raising up a group of uh, college students. His goal was to make sure that they'd never kissed another person of the opposite sex until they walked down the aisle. <laughs> I mean, that was so foreign to me to even think that somebody even thought of that. I remember as a youth pastor, all my kids in my youth group were all, what we say, sucking face, kissing each other. Um, it was, I thought it was normal, you know, because that's the way I grew up. Um, in, in the church that I grew up, everybody was dating, kissing, you know, that was hopefully as far as you went, but uh, some obviously went further than that. But uh, to hear that was beyond me, you know, and I'm like, wow. And it just changed my paradigm. And, uh, you know, the purity movements came into being, they have their positives. They have some negatives with it as well. Uh, I won't, I don't have time to get into that, but this is the thing. We've lost our innocence. We've been. Uh, the purity that's in our hearts, you know, kids are seeing things way before they, they should. I, I mean, I, I, my dad, he was a sinner. I mean, he introduced pornography to me as a seven, eight, nine year old boy. I mean, I was, he has playboy magazines everywhere, had them in his garage, everywhere I was, he had them. So it was not unusual for me to see that. And uh, introduce, well, when you start thinking that, I mean, you put that mindset or that thought in an innocent's mind, they're going to start meditating on it. And what happens is it then begins to activate physiological things in somebody to a point that they'll begin to want to act on that. And that's what happened. That was the Greek culture. So even in the Holocaust, when you look at the Holocaust, when you'd see the pictures of the naked women going into the gas chambers, you would see that the religious Jewish women huddled together so as to try to keep their dignity before they died. They didn't want to die and the world have books with pictures of their naked bodies. The secular Jewish women did not huddle, and they are the pictures of the women we saw naked because they had lost their dignity through sin, and the secular world had gotten on them. They had so assimilated into the world system, that they lost their naive, their 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 innocence that way. Their tears were not that they had lost their purity, but that they were going to lose their lives because the Greek mind Greek mindset is that your life is your God. Okay, did you hear that? That's why, as I was about to record this, the Lord just was dropping on me Galatians two twenty which you know very well, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up to me. Okay, so the Greek thing is that you do everything to, to live. In the, in the walk of a believer, which we are, we do everything to die to the flesh. So you understand this, this, this feast is what it's about. That's what was coming into the church of that day, if you want to call it that. The, the, the Jewish community was that you worship the body. Why do you think all the Greek statues of these bodies, naked bodies, both male and female, everywhere, you go to Italy, you go to uh, Rome, you, you, you can even go to France, you can go to other countries. And this was the norm. 
of the, the naked body was worshipped. What are we seeing today, guys? I mean, what was pornography when I was a kid is not called pornography today. Oh, that's soft, or that's soft porn, or, you know, whatever. Uh, some of the outfits the, the women and men would wear today. I mean, you're within, if you're looking on print or on video, you know, you're a quarter of an inch from being absolutely naked, or there's nothing left to the imagination, pretty much, right? Why? Because we're worshiping life again. And this is a season. Let's learn during this feast. Let's face that truth in this feast that this is what we are fighting for. The religious Jewish women felt that death was not the end, so their purity and dignity was more important. The secular women felt their life was more important, so their purity and dignity was not as important because they didn't focus on their eternal destiny. Now, I'm not saying those Jewish women were saved. The religious ones, I hope they were. But the fact is that the reality of the, what they were doing was that. Okay. During the revolt of the Jews, the daughter, the, the daughter of the high priest made an appointment with one of the Greek leaders who was raping these women when you'd bring them in. And she gave him, this is what uh, uh, the history tells us, she gave him thick milk, which made him sleepy, and then she cut his head off and ended this decree and saved Jewish women from this fate. If there is a generational issue in your family, go to the courts, cut the head off the enemy, and decree that it will end. I'm giving you a prophetic word right there, right now. If you've seen this type of lifestyle where your family has lost its innocence generation after generation, let's cry out to God that this would be broken off of us. And let's give us a passion for intimacy, not with the flesh, but with the spirit. God made the body for uh, you know, godly sexual behavior. Uh, it's in Proverbs it talks about how a, a man should long for his wife of his youth. And that isn't just for procreation. That was for relationship. This is the way God made it. So you long for the one that God put with you, not long for another. And this Greek culture was breaking that at that time, and the Maccabees rose up. We have to fight for the next generation, for the purity, for the innocence of their hearts. May it be said that we raise up a people that when they do get married, they're pure, that when they go, they're not uh, trying something on, uh, uh, marrying somebody that they've just tried before they got married, but this is who they want to marry and don't want to marry anybody else. Okay. This is one aspect you're probably thinking, wow, bro, you're getting kind of deep here on Hanukkah. Well, it's important. This is the war we're in. This is the, the spirit of the age in which we are fighting. So father, I pray for this group of people that we'd fight for our families. Lord, we repent for our families who introduce, uh, deviant behavior, in us, the worship of the body, the worship of life. And we worship you, Lord. We want to fulfill Galatians 2.20, that we'd be crucified with you. No longer we live, but you live in us and through us. In the name of Yeshua, amen you and amen. All right, come back tomorrow. We're going to keep building on this revelation. See you. Well, welcome again. Thanks for listening each and every day here on our podcast. It's a special week as we're covering the Feast of Hanukkah. We pray you will 
embrace the truth of that. We'll actually speak on it uh, this coming Sunday as we celebrate the feast in this hour. What an important time to stay in this oil of the Lord as he pours into us and gives us eternal flame to fight the fight. Check us out again on all our platforms, especially our our website, ChristianCentersReport.com, and our app. Thanks for giving, and thanks for being a part of what we're doing. God bless.